right, y'all ready? Ready. Here we go. Episode one of the Everything's Everything podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm extra honored to have somebody that's been in my life, I guess, for about probably 25 plus years now. I think since around 1992, we've known each other, and that is Mr. Barry Tubbs, the legend. <laughs> we've been all over the world together. We we've, have. Pretty we much, have. I don't know, probably not every continent, but we, I mean, we've been to Russia, we've been to all over Europe, um, South America, South America, Africa, yeah. Africa, yes. uh, the middle of the South Pacific. We've been to yes. the Solomon Islands, yes. uh, Australia. That's a, Were you on eBay? I, I was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We almost got swept out to sea. There was a, the island that we were staying, we do these crusades together, um, Gospel Crusades, and so I'm, I've always been Mr. Tubbs' subordinate on yeah, these, right. and so I've learned so much under his tutelage. <laughs> so, Just let me say something here, Michael. The The reason that you were so valuable to us is because you always did what you were asked to do. You would give input, well, maybe this, there's a better way to do it, but you had a servant's heart. And even though you know, you're working for Tim or whomever it may be at the time, that's what made the difference. And that's what has to happen when you're in environments like Ebi or the Solomon Islands or in Africa and places like that. You can't veer off course mm. because it'll get you in really serious trouble. And so that was the benefit that you brought to the team. Thank you for those kind words. And as you can already tell, if you're listening, uh, Barry has a professional radio voice. <laughs> the rest of us just sound like country bumpkins. We'll spread the word. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we, I remember on eBay, we had this, the island that we were staying on was an army base. That was Kwajalein. Kwajalein. Yeah. Now, but we took, we took a boat. A ferry. To, was Ebi. that, that was eBay. Okay. That yeah. was another island. That, yeah. Kwajalein was a military installation. Right. Billion dollar military installation. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's where we stayed because it was the only place we could stay. Right. Because we were doing the meeting on Ebi where the Marshallese people lived. You know, yeah. mile long and a mile and a half wide and 12,500 people shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. You know, and so that's where we had the meeting. And so... We had to take the ferry back and forth. And now, the word ferry sounds a little bit glamorous. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was, if you remember, if you've watched uh, the landing on D-Day, uh -huh. those uh, transport vehicles that all of the military were in, they run up on the beach and the front end drops down and everybody comes off. That's the ferry. We rode over a few times. We were going over to do sound check and get the, the sound ready. Yeah. We were in pretty much like a motorboat, like you would yeah. ride, yeah. you know, go out on the lake here at Eagle Mountain yeah. on. And I remember the guy telling us there was a, there's a very thin, I forget what it's called, but basically those islands are the mouth of a volcano. Yeah. And at, during the day, if, if you were going over to the island from one to the other, and you let yourself go over that rim while the tide was high. Yeah, you couldn't you're get back. You're lost forever. Yeah, you like, couldn't get back. You liter yeah. literally can't overcome. And so 
I'm asking, well, how many times does that happen? And the guy's <laughs> yeah. like, about once a week. You know? <laughs> so yeah. We're like, uh, you got to know you're called somewhere to do things like that. But yeah. I know one time we went to, uh, there was a country we were going, I think we were going to Venezuela, and there was a conflict with America. They hadn't paid their American Airlines bill or something, exactly. so American wouldn't yep. fly. Yep. And you called me and you said, hey, we're still going to do this gospel crusade. Um, now we're going to have to fly into Colombia. Was it Columbia we flew into? Yeah, and then drove. And then drive through the mountains. Oh, they was, said it's about, I think. I you think know, there are times you. when you think that you're doing the right thing that may not be the right thing to I do. I mean, you're, it's pitch black. We're driving through the mountains of Columbia. I, it was yeah. it was really something else. All that to say, we've adventures had some, in faith. Yes, yes. <laughs> we've had some awesome, awesome adventures together. And, and in those, in the trenches, so to speak, that's where I've really been able to see who you are as a man and a lot of the uh, foundational things that I implemented into my kids as at young ages came from watching men like you live the kind of life and be the kind of man that I want to be. And so I, I really am super honored to have you here. And y- you are one of those long tuskers in my <laughs> life. Yeah. You're, you're about 30 years older than me. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Long Tusk story before, but it goes something like this. There was a, a game reserve where all of a sudden all the, all the elephants were killing each other, and they couldn't figure out what was going on. So they, they brought in a, this aboriginal guy or something that knew about animals, and he goes out and he surveys what's going on, and he says, where are the Long Tuskers? And the Long Tuskers were the old elephants. And they said, well, we moved all the long tuskers over to this other reserve. And he said, get them back as soon as possible. As soon as the long tuskers came back into the herd, all of the chaos (laughs) that was happening with the young elephants, because uh, there was all this vitality and youth and energy that was kind of ungoverned. Yep. You know, they're young. They didn't have any any history to glean from. And the long tuskers would come in and just by their mere presence in the environment, everything seized immediately and went back to calm. And so you're one yep. of those guys that um, you bring that into an environment just your presence, um, being on the road, and you know when you we're doing setup and you walk in the room, there's definitely a uh, an attention on the inside that comes to, <laughs> that comes on you. Part of it is because you know you might get fired, <laughs> but uh, you run a tight ship, and I'm thankful for that because I think it brings out the uh, the best in us. Also today. So we've got the long tusker and we got the short tusker. Although you're, you've got about twelve inches of height on me. My son John Michael's here with us. Why don't you just say hi to everybody? Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here. And Mr. Tubbs also just wanted to say it's such an honor to be on this podcast with you right now because as a you know quote unquote short tusker, (laughs) um, it's I think. People my age and my generation and the generation surrounding my generation are in desperate need to hear somebody who's lived throughout life that has gained wisdom from, yes, making like good decisions, but also making a lot of bad decisions and learning from those. And I think it's one thing that everybody my age needs, but no one knows that's what they need. So they're 
searching all around, you know, the world and the internet to see like, what's, what's going to be this thing? What's going to be this guide for me? And so I'm just really honored that you're here. And I'm really honored that you have made such an influence and impact on my dad, who I look to a lot and uh, has been an amazing father to me and raised me up in the way I should go. So, um, super honored to, to be a part of this conversation and just, hear where it goes yeah what you're talking about here is the family model the per and the reason that we see a lot of the issues that we have today in our society is because the male influence Mm. the father's influence in the home is absent yeah and without a Role model, you you know, the reason that gangs exist is because kids are looking for a group to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have it at home, if you don't find acceptance and love at home, you'll look for it someplace else. And so the issues that we see today, many of them, if not all of them exist because of the abdication yeah. of the father in the home. There's actually a lot of data that Absolutely. that's not just an opinion. Exactly. There's a lot of data Absolutely. that really backs that up. And speaking of what we're seeing in the world today, one of the reasons when we're um, talking about this podcast and, and um, you know, we had a lot of friends and people that are kind of in our world saying, Will you take some of these conversations that you're having and put them out there so that we can share them? And um, you're you're one of the first people that I thought about because your perspective. Um, I know you. I know your life. I know that you're a truth seeker. I know that you are. Your background, your history is education. You spent eight years in university. <laughs> Something a lot of people don't do, especially these days. And so you're you're a critical thinker. You've got a lot of wisdom and you've got a lot of years. And in the times that we are living in, for me, I've never seen a time like this before. And I'm kind of removed yeah. from I kind of I kind of started in probably what are going to be referred to as the good old days. You know, um, I want to, if we can, for a few minutes, talk about where we're at right now in the world, what we're seeing and kind of what the root of all that is. The floor is yours. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the root of it is the lack of a moral compass, mm-hmm. uh, a rudder. Yeah. You can stand at the helm and you can turn the wheel all you want to, but if there is no rudder, yeah, you're going to be blown about with every wind as the Bible says, every yeah. wind of doctrine, mm-hmm. which is just the misinformation and the experts who give us opinions, which most of it is. Um, and so as you take that and you have no basis for belief, then you're going to believe whatever somebody tells you that you deem an authority. And, and, Back to the issue that we were talking about, the father's role in the home is to be the person of authority. Hmm. See, we, we as a, 
As human beings, we like order. And children, as you well know, like lines. Hmm. Hmm? Now, you know, the liberal thought is, no, just let them do whatever they want to do and all that. That's not correct. Hmm. Children are miserable that way. Yeah. If you don't believe me, just walk through Walmart sometime or some place <laughs> of business and you'll see many children who are totally chaotic. Yeah. Because they haven't been given limitations, mm-hmm. boundaries. I remember when we, we were living out on a big piece of property. The kids were probably three or four years old, and we took them to show this. We're moving into a neighborhood. So we're moving from like seven acres, no fence, just open. We take them in and show them the backyard of the house. It's a very small residential yard with a fence. They walk in the backyard and go, whoa, this backyard is huge (laughs) because they could see kind of a, you know, an example of what you're talking about. They could see the boundaries and they knew where they could play. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And boundaries are good in some respects. They're not good in others. Mm. They're good when we're children, but when we grow, those boundaries should subside so that we can be all that we should be. Mm. So, Limitations are good to guide us and direct us as we grow. Hmm. But as we grow, those boundaries are going to expand, just like that backyard uh, that you're talking about. As we grow, those fences expand, yeah. or they should. Mm-hmm. You know, If we're going to be all that God has called us to be, all that we want to be, yeah. and to uh, reach the goals that we have for ourselves. Yeah. But all too many people in the world today, uh, one, they don't have that moral compass, and so they're easily misled. And secondly, they don't have a vision or a goal for their lives. You know, they're just living day by day and going with the group. I've heard you say this. They don't know the value of having a value system. That's right. And again, this is the value of the home. I mm. keep going back to this, yeah. but it is the basis for this country. Yeah. Uh, and that is the family, the value of the family. And it has been under attack for decades, mm. decades. And we're seeing the results of that now. You yeah. ask about why are we seeing the things that are happening today? Basically, that is the reason. Yeah. I believe that. Because you have a lot of people who are misinformed, who are going by whatever makes me feel good Mm. without any regard to the consequences of that. Yeah. And you can't live your life that way. Yeah. You will be miserable. And that's these these people are miserable. I'm telling you. Yeah. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I was born again in 1969. And prior to that, I was 150% world. I mean, just totally secular, you know, educated beyond my intelligence. You know, like <laughs> is that you, possible? <laughs> it, it is possible. Absolutely, it's possible. Uh, as you noted, uh, you know, I went to school, uh, college, uh, higher education uh, for eight years, 196 hours. Why? Because I like the lifestyle. Mm. That's the only reason. And I became an academic. Well, the issue that you have there is this is 
humanism. Hmm. In other words, in my thought patterns were man can come up with a solution to any problem. Wow. We can do it. Hmm. You know, we can, we can think it through and we can do it. And that's what you see happening today is most of the answers and solutions that we look to are promoted by man. Hmm. That's not the solution. Yeah. You and I both know yeah. that is not where the solutions come from. One of the things that I hope to get across is the personal responsibility that we have, that we're not just waiting for somebody else to determine what we're going to become or what we're going to do. And even, you know, coming up real soon, we've got these elections and yeah. and there's politically the world is upside down right now. <laughs> There's so much information out there. Some of it's just propaganda. A lot of it, most of it, I would say, is. And um, when you talk about a value system, that's really the root of all this. That's kind of where it begins. Before we get to the places that we have to make decisions, where it would come to like voting and the, the political system and being involved in that way, the value system is really the personal part that has to be in order to be successful in the other. In order to make decisions, you have to have some belief system that will determine what your decision is. You either believe that <clears throat> human life is valuable or you don't. You either believe that your actions are guided by someone else, someone else's best interest hmm. or your own. And as you live your life, you have to make your decisions based on a belief system hmm. or a value system, yeah. whatever term you'd like to put on it. That is something that you determine. That is the genesis of it is in Childhood, because that's where you learn. First six years of your life is when your personality develops and your belief system develops. So children don't do as they're told. They do as they see. Mm. That's the way they learn. Wow. I mean, many biblical examples of this, but that's what's missing, and that's why there is a search there is a, there's a desire that we have inside to know what our purpose is on this earth. Mm -hmm. And that's what people are looking for. Yeah. The whole social justice issue. It's a search for meaning and to supposedly help other people. But what happens is you take these terms and you take, you take these good intentions and then they are co-opted by someone who wants control and power. Yeah. And so they're utilized to take you on a different course than perhaps what you originally started on. Our intentions can be good. Yeah. But they can be abused. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what we see today, I think. Yeah. As you were talking about that, I was thinking about how today there are so many people who seem to 
think that their value system will reveal the truth that is predicated on when it's very backwards where truth should be the foundation of a value system. But I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on this question for some people that may be thinking it. Is it possible to have a value system that's not predicated on some sort of absolute truth? Not one that will survive. Hmm. The ultimate outcome of that will be destruction. Because truth has to undergird everything that we believe. Now, what is your truth and what is my truth? See, perception becomes reality. And as a man thinks, so is he. Mm -hmm. And so your thought life is where you determine what your truth is. So if you have no moral absolutes and it is based on what we believe is truth, then you're going to be easily misguided and controlled. Mm. That makes sense. (laughs) And that's where we see the world today. Yeah. You were talking earlier, just, just to mention one more thing, about how the percent of people that will buy a book without without reading it. I thought that was interesting. And I think you said that 80, 80% of the people... 85%. 85% of the people who buy books don't even read the book. They just buy the label. Now, that's what I was thinking in my head is like, we live in a culture today where people buy into the label because it's easy. It requires no effort. You don't, you don't have to. You don't have to know all the information. You're just, you're presented with a label. Oh, it looks good. It's masquerading as something that no one could, no one could disagree on. But the content, the contents of that book, the contents of that label that people are buying into, I, I think, I think if people would be aware of the information that's behind the label that they wouldn't buy into it so much. I often say this uh, to people that, that I have the privilege at times to speak and you need to check out the experts in your life. And it's pretty easy to do nowadays to find out where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. And if you're having relationship difficulties in your marriage uh, and someone who is an expert is attempting to give you uh, information and guidance in that area, I think it'd be worth checking out their own lives. <laughs> yeah. And see how well they are doing in their relationships. Or if someone's going to give you financial advice. If they've been bankrupt four or five times, I don't think I would take their advice. (laughs) You know? Now, this is pretty simple. Uh But most of the time, people don't do that. They See, what we have in our world today is branding. Hmm. And it's easily done on social media and on the Internet and so forth. And so people work that. It's a marketing strategy. Developing a brand through which you develop a platform. And so then you get on the talk shows. And before long, you're an expert. Now, your life may be in shambles Mm -hmm. off the set, but on the set, you're an expert. Yeah. And... What you may be saying may even be true to some extent. But I'm not interested in listening to someone like that. Yeah. I'm interested in, in listening to, and it's the reason that you have me here today is because you've seen in me some stability, some lifestyle that 
is attractive to you. And that's what our role is. Mm. Our role is to present a lifestyle of success to the world that they want. Yeah. That's the long game. That's the long game. And that's That's not something that takes time. Culture is just so I need it now. I want it now. And for the most part, we get it. If we want it, if I want something tomorrow, I just got to go online right here and hit up Amazon. Exactly. I don't even want to see it. I click the button that says, what can I have tomorrow? <laughs> you know? Right. And so because we're, we're, we lose the value in the time and patience it takes to develop something that lasts. This is a key that you're talking about. We live in a convenience-oriented society. Mm. We want everything instant. You know, I want patience and I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we want everything drive-through. Yeah. We don't want to have to contribute. We don't want to have to wait. We don't want to have to stand in line. Mm. And so because of that demand, then businesses have changed Mm. in order to meet the demand. That will always happen. And so nothing in life is instant. Yeah. Somebody paid a price. Yeah. You know, those instant potatoes that you see in the box on the in the store, <laughs> there's nothing instant about those potatoes. Yeah. Somebody grew the potato, they harvested the potato, they processed the potato, took all the water out of the potato, stuck it in that box, yeah. and then you take it home, add the water, voila. Yeah. Mashed potatoes. Bad mashed but potatoes. But somebody <laughs> paid yeah, it's right. Not like mama used to make. Uh. But nevertheless, uh, it is convenient. And adversity is your friend. Yeah. Because that's when you find out what you really believe. Mm-hmm. And the convenience, and, and this is why it's so easy to, to move people, because we're being presented with convenience. Mm. Health care for all. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, guaranteed minimum income. Sounds good. Yeah. And I could go on down the list, but what are we doing? We're attempting to relieve people of adversity. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying that we should be uncaring. There are people that find themselves in situations that they had no control over. They need assistance and help. I'm all for helping people. But... You can also cause people to be dependent on something other than themselves. Mm. And that's where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that research that was done where uh, worms that went into cocoons and some, some of the studies, they would actually help the, the once it's, they knew it was about to hatch, they were going to help it out of the cocoon. But every time that one of the researchers would cut open the cocoon, even if it was the same day as all the other ones were hatching, everything's fully grown. When they did that, the butterfly would die very quickly and they realize, Oh, if we don't let, if we don't let that wor- that moth or that worm break outside of its own cocoon and have that adversity, it doesn't have the strength to, to be able to live its life. It's, it's the really struggle. Yeah. 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 So good. The value of having a value system that is so, powerful 
thank you so much. We're going to continue with Barry Tubbs in following episodes. Thank you so much for being with us today. And we will catch up with everybody real soon on the next episode of Everything's Everything.